This is the Common Sense Podcast presented by Tamar. I'm your host, Tamar Weinberg, founder and CEO of Tamar, and I will be talking to people of all walks of life who have suffered adversity and overcome to rise above the ashes and now make self-care and wellness an absolute priority. Hey, everybody. I am super excited to introduce Carl Johnson. I met him in a really interesting forum, and I'm, I'm going to introduce that first just because I've been kind of really compelled by this story and, you know, meeting some amazing people. And um, I met him on Facebook through the David Goggins community. David Goggins is a Navy SEAL, retired now, I believe. He has a book uh, called Can't Hurt Me. And it's literally the scariest thing that uh, you might ever read in some ways. There's some things there that you just don't ever want to, I guess, ever want to read. But like, it's this guy who basically has done these insane, insurmountable human feats, and yet he's been able to do them, like running a marathon on broken legs kind of uh, feats. So there's a community of followers, and that's where I met Carl. And so thank you so much for coming and joining us. Oh, no problem at all. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I'm surviving. We're trying to make do in you know, 2021, trying to, to make it all happen. Um, yeah, yeah. Where, where are you in the planet? Where, tell me what you, what you do, what you're up to, how you're surviving, how you're, how you're doing. I am in um, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I am um, Ballard General. I've been there for a long, long time now. I am a store manager. I don't know if you have a, a crazy career story, uh, but it's not always it's not always the main focus of the podcast. Of course, you know I think a lot of us, especially in the um, you know the David Goggins community, have these stories where we have overcome insane adversity. I mean, David's story he has multiple elements of that. So and and I mean that that was really kind of like if you will the criteria of where I was coming from in, in like recruiting you for the podcast. So tell me a little bit about your, your story on that front. If you, unless you have something else. I don't know that it was necessarily overcoming adversity, but it was, it was making a major lifestyle change later than a lot of people make it. Um, when I was 51 years old, I'm, I'm 57 right now. Um, when I was 51 years old, um, I weighed almost 270 pounds. I was smoking two packs a day, and I was I was headed for an early hole in the ground. Um, I went to a grocery store one day, and on a whim, they had one of those do-it-yourself blood pressure um, monitors. So on a whim, I, you know, tested myself, and I was right. At, you know, it says different levels. The you know the first level is you're fine. The second level is hey, you're a little, little time for a little concern here. And the third level is is you know you you should you need to see a doctor and get on medication. And the fourth level is is you need to go to the emergency room. I was at the third level. Um, at that point, um, that was that was in um, in August. I came to the conclusion that I was going to quit smoking and you set a date. That's the best way to do it. You tell everybody you set a date and that's what I did. And, um, on September 1st, I quit smoking, um, two packs a day, cold Turkey, no vape, no, no, no patch, no nothing. Um, 
about two weeks later, the stress was just getting to me. If you know anybody that's quit smoking, it's it's not a fun experience. I wouldn't wish. Uh, about two weeks later, I needed something to do to get you know just work off the stress. It, it's so I started running. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm still to this day. I'm not sure why I started running, but I did. Um, my very first run, I ran about a quarter of a mile, and I seriously thought I was dying. I literally thought I was dying. Um, for whatever the reason, you know, I stuck with short runs every day um, for the first first couple of weeks, and you go forward, um, you know, to uh, about 14 months later, I ran my first marathon. So I went from two packs a day to running marathons. I still run to this day. It's something that um, that I I can't even imagine not being a runner at this point. Um, so it, it wasn't necessarily overcoming adversity. It was more of a, a major... Of dealing with transformation. And that's, that's, that's always a story. The transformation story is, is a big focus. So that's, exactly. that's, that's fantastic. I don't think I could do that. It's, it's interesting because, you know, I started running uh, on December 24th, 2018. Um, and it was sort of the same thing. Like I, I tried to do it probably in September of 2018, I tried to do, uh, the couch to 5k and I yep. was, I was running too fast and I became very, very, and this was on my treadmill. I don't even remember what speed I was running on, but I became very demotivated to the point that I, I, I was like, I couldn't even do day one, like week one, day one. And that's like 30 second in running intervals or was it 30, 60 seconds? But I couldn't do that. And I started picking up again in December of 2018, where I was running three miles an hour. And I'm like, oh, I can do it. Yay. <laughs> that was so slow. <laughs> but, you know, I, I ended up going, I ended up going faster. I ended up like going to Orange Theory Fitness. I went to gyms and, and I also, you know, ran 5Ks. But in November of 2020, I ended up um, going to, uh, I, I did, I, I was, I was watching how a lot of these people online were running these the New York Roadrunners marathon, like the virtual marathon. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. people are doing it and they can do it in 24 hours. Let me be able to do that too. And the, the most I had ever run was 110K and that was like mostly walking. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let me try it. Now, obviously, if anyone knows the difference, uh, a 10K is what, it's, a 10K is is six miles. Um, so, and, and, a, and a, a half marathon is 13.1 miles. So it's basically four times as much to do a full marathon. You going from, it's like, it's sort of like your cold Turkey thing. It's like going cold Turkey to like run a marathon without any experience. Uh, I did my, I, I ended up deciding that day to do it, but I ended up doing like a 13.1 in, in about four and a half hours. And I walked most of it. And I will tell you, walking is a lot harder than running at that point. And I don't think I could do a marathon. I'm trying. Like, I think in my mind that I can, but I just, like, that's amazing that you were able to do it, like, in such a short period of time from, like, nothing to, like, something. Like, I don't know mentally if I can do it. And it's funny because it's so, it's so, this is so against the Goggins ethos because he's like, just get it done and you just push yourself through your, uh, what's the word that he, he, he uses? Um, there's a lot of them. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> but he uses that word like generator. I don't know what it was, but there that word that he he yeah he uses a lot of phrases for all these things like the cookie cutter mentality yeah. and all those things. But um, 
yeah, there, there's like to just push past these these things that are holding you back and to believe that you can. Yep. And I don't think I can. Like, I, I still I'm trying. I, I try to, like, ignore the pain. But like, I don't know how like, it's just amazing. I'm just I'm just blown away by like, you know, you and people like him who are because it's I don't know. I think a woman needs to write this <laughs> where they're coming from. But of course, everybody has that story. It's not an issue of I don't think it's a gender story. Yeah, it's um, I, I mean, I, I will say this about myself. I, I am lucky enough that I actually love to run. I, I just do. I mean, I discovered that very late in life, but um, but I absolutely love it. And um, it's it's running a marathon. Even if you love running it, the first time you run a marathon, I ran the Baltimore Marathon. That was my first marathon. And there is this un, unbelievable hill at mile 25, right past the Howard Street Bridge. And I remember running up that hill at the Charles Street Bridge, thinking to myself, there is no way I can make this. <laughs> so it's not, it's, it's, even if you love running, um, a marathon is just, it just, it's, it's an, it's an amazing experience. It's one of those things, even if you don't, even if you're, if you are a runner, it's, it's something you should try to do once because it's even the training and everything is just, just a completely amazing experience. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm lucky enough that I I absolutely love it. I I just like I said, I can't even imagine my I can't even imagine my life now without running. I really can't. Um, you know, even even COVID. Um, I mean, it's it's a little uh, one of the things that you see in a lot of the running forums now is, is you know a lot of people are really itching to get you know the the in person races started not just the virtual ones but and you you have to take a certain amount of precaution you know you want things to be okay but i could certainly understand people wanting you know it's like let's get back let's get back let's get back let's get back to it so yeah my goal i haven't done this yet um my goal is um i i either i would very much i figure i got one or two shots left to try and qualify for boston that's my next goal um, I'm either going to do it this fall or next fall. So I'm not sure, you know, what, what races are going to be, what qualifying races are going to be run this, this year. So it might be a goal for next year, but either way, that that's, that's, that's my next goal. That's what I want to do. Did you see the, um, did you see the David Goggins? What is it? Four by four by 48. Did you see that? Which one? No, I didn't. Is it a video? Is it a, what is it? It, it's a challenge that he put up. It's called it's called four by four by forty eight. You basically run four miles every four hours for forty eight hours. Now that to me is nuts. Yeah, that is nuts. He is nuts. He's absolutely nuts. <laughs> I mean, just some of the, and I've I've never run an ultra, um, and um, and he's he's run he's run Leadville. Which, which to me, that's that's the epitome of that's that's the one. I don't know if you're familiar with with or not. That's the ultra marathon through Death Valley. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he talk, I mean, he yeah. talks about that. He's like to just qualify for that is insane. So we probably should give some context because, like I said, this guy's insane, and he talks about. I mean, in chapter two, that that one story about that kid who's the the kid in the, the school bus. Like that still plays in my mind, and that like might be the one defining thing there. 
the kid is like, I mean, as a child, he went through a lot. And as an adult, he, he like, I mean, he pushes himself beyond fathomable limits. And that's what's crazy. Just to think about four by four by four. Like, I, yeah, no. <laughs> I don't even run four miles right now. Like, I mean, that's not true. I've run, you know, I usually run between three and five. But yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. I, it would take me about, uh, these days, it takes me about an hour to run four miles. Like, I'm, I'm still, like, I had, I had the virus, so I don't think I have the speed that i used to have um mm -hmm. so i mean but yeah so it's like it's like one one hour there's three hours of rest and then i have to do it again and then it's like sleeping like this guy is insane like that's insane <laughs> yeah you're you're running you're almost running two marathons in two days yeah in 48. yeah so that's <laughs> i it's one of those things I, I think to myself i could probably do it but there's a fairly decent chance I would hurt myself pretty badly because I'm not, I'm not used to that type of mileage. So, you know, that could, that could mess me up pretty good. So, but yeah. And people, Someday. people are talking, I think in the group about 75 hard, which is still pretty difficult. Uh, and, and 75 hard is, let me just look that up and pull it up. Uh, if you, I'm sure you're familiar that it. it's the challenge that you, you do 45 minutes of workouts, uh, uh, one of them has to be outside. You have to follow a diet, zero cheat meals for 75 days. This is all consecutive stuff. Drink a gallon of water per day, read 10 pages of a nonfiction entrepreneur book, and take a progress pick every single day. I could do a lot of that, but I, I still think that it's difficult, especially for me outside right now. Uh, I had, I mean, it's melting now, but I had, we had like 20 inches of snow last week. It's going to snow tomorrow. And yeah. none of my yeah. neighbors plowed their driveway. So I, I couldn't even, I can't even walk like two feet outside without slipping. <laughs> like that's how bad it is lately, you know? So I, that's, that's like, it's like all of a sudden weather is my prohibited, like I've been, it's been prohibitive for me. Um, so I've been going on the treadmill for like, for, for pretty much everything. So I, I do do two workouts. I just like that already. It's like, I, I can't, I can't like, there's always like something out there that eventually pushes things about. And you got to be really careful in the snow and the ice because you have to alter your gait, your run gait, in order to run in it, and you can hurt yourself. I, 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 actually, I actually strained a calf running on freezing rain the other day. So it's scary. <laughs> it's extremely scary. I can't imagine that people. Like, why do they have to? I mean, I guess this is a you know we're in the middle of February now, but and I guess people want to start this up as their New Year's resolution, and it's it's more practical to do it on January first than you know June first. But for me, June first would be better because the weather is a lot more conducive to this kind of workout. Uh, boy, I tell you what, I I am I'm one of those people, and um and nobody quite understands it, um including my including my primary, um I will be I will be outside running in just shorts, no shirt, down to about 10 degrees. I, I just love the cold weather. I, I, <laughs> you say running in June, and I'm like, oh, it's hot and humid. <laughs> I agree with you. The thing is, I agree with you. And I feel like my, my ideal time for running is like, I don't know, 60 to 75. Yeah. But right now it's 30-ish, and it's still – it's just so slippery. I mean yep. – I was very, we were very lucky yesterday. We had like a 50 degree weather and everything was basically melting, but now we're down to twenties again. And it's just like, it's such a weird, it's like, I don't know. It's like 2020 is still not ending. It's something's got to mess with us in some way.
Yeah, and I, I saw there was a, another winter storm warning from Thursday through Thursday and Friday in the Baltimore area. So, you know, it looks like, I mean, we haven't really had a lot of snow in the last couple of years. It looks like it's all catching up to us at, at the same time. So, yeah, I mean. <sighs> I mean, you see what's happening in Texas. They don't have power because they've never, ever had anything like this before. Yep. It's yep. crazy. I, I, I used to live in South Carolina, and I remember it snowed there once, and everybody was just <laughs> looking at each other like, what is that funny white stuff falling out of the sky? So, yeah, absolutely. Florida, myself, it's like, you know, it was very pleasant for the first couple of years when I didn't have to drive anywhere and relied on public transit to take advantage of the snow and, like, play in it like a kid in my 20s. But now that I have kids of my own, I have to drive and pick them up from school. Otherwise, you know, I work remotely. Um, it's it's scary. It's very scary. Even just like, I still, I'm like, I cling to my, my car just to get into my house because it's that yeah. scary. Yeah. 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 Our, uh, so um, are the kids back in school? Where so, you are? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had... I mean, so in, in, are you asking in the context of coronavirus? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So last year we were the first community in the country that had the break, an outbreak. So our school shut down on March 3rd and we mm-hmm. had no school the entire academic year, but the school was very, very early and we had the, the administration was very in contact with the uh, governor's office. And I guess because of that, I don't know if it was because of that, in spite of that, whatever, they said this year we're going to make sure we do everything very, very carefully. If anybody gets sick, they that like if someone gets sick, that class is quarantined for two weeks. Uh, and cool. so they did start school and they did have some quarantines like that over the past couple, uh, couple months. Um, they are back in school, but if a child has a runny nose or a cough and they don't test and, and they and they 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 basically need a doctor's note or a COVID test of a negative result before they can go back to school. And that includes the entire family. So the month of January was like my kids were in school, but then my kid wakes up one morning and has a cough. And like pretty much, I mean, we're in the middle of February. We're almost like the end of February. And we had a break. We had winter break in last week. uh, And the week before my kid had a cold. So my whole family was home and they were homeschooling. So it's really been an up and down, interesting experience. It's, it's kind of pleasant, like it's kind of nice to have the uh, my son, like you know, not having to pick them up from school. There's always that, but mm-hmm. at the same time, um, it's it's a lot quieter, and I can do podcasts when they're not here. If they are here, I have to like reschedule. Oh, my kids are in the background screaming, you know. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, we're we're still not back in school here in Maryland. Um, they're talking about the beginning of March, but it's been a very, very, very slow process. Yeah, so I, I think it depends on certain schools. Right now, um, so my kids aren't in the public school system, they're in the private school system. So right now the public schools are off for break, but we had it last week. And uh, I mean, my kids do things that are in that system. So like, it, it, it's challenging because there's no like, they're not reconciled. But yeah, the, I, I don't really understand. I, I, I see a lot of the conversations on Nextdoor and sometimes on Facebook about like, you know, I want them to get back in school. And I know that there's like limited this, they come in and it's like alternating days. And, you know, people have said, I don't know what the point of that is because you have Monday, 
you know, it's like COVID doesn't discriminate against days of the week. <laughs> I don't understand it. Honestly, it's it's March now. I mean, just just until the rest of the year and, and start fresh in the fall. That, that's my personal opinion. I mean, why, why go back in March? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I I mean, you know, I think for socially, ch the children need it. And that's sort of where we were coming from. Um, that it's extraordinarily important for, um, you know, for these kids to, to connect socially. And that's sort of like, you know, my, my kids, like my son was like, I want to work. I want to, I want to be in remote school. He likes zoom school. He likes Fortnite. Of course he wants to sit by a computer all day, but I said, you have to go to school. This is so important for you. I don't, they don't realize that. And, and I come from like, you know, my adversity story has come from a lot of different places, but a lot of it was socially. And I, you know, at the age of 12, I was gifted a computer and this is before, you know, social media was really a thing, but I fell in love with interacting with people online and I ended up withdrawing socially in a personal uh, context and it robbed me of a lot of my childhood and I didn't understand, I didn't know how to interrelate with people in, in, a, in a real social context, uh, which ended up blowing back on me, I think, you know, decades later. And... Like, I don't want, I, I know that right now, every child is basically online. So it's not the same situation as me, um, you know, as a 12 year old. And literally all my friends were like 30 somethings who had their own problems and like crap to deal mm. with. Um, so I was literally burdened because I was so mature for a 12 year old. And it's uh, like literally the phrases that they use. They're like, I forget that you're 12. And they're like telling me about like, you know, like, drugs and like sex and lies and all those things that you don't usually hear and then you're hearing it in such a wide con like it's such a crazy situation but um yeah and i had to i had to like i dealt with that kind of stuff i don't know if that affected me socially but my, my son at 11 years old sitting there on his computer he has his friends and it's not the same but like it totally killed me and i can't let my child not have that so it's so important no i, I completely understand it's I, and yeah, there is social interaction, but it's a very different type of social interaction, and I'm not sure it's necessarily communicating, you know, learning important social skills that you 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 really, it's just like you said, you, you, you miss a childhood being, you know, being deprived of that interaction. So I, I can certainly understand that. Yeah, yeah, it's so hard. I really, I do believe, and I really hope that, that, like we get ahead of these vaccinations and everybody just gets back into the reality of like, you know, connecting again, because I think socially mentally, we mentally, we have some sort of connection, but we do need that physical connection. It's so important. And, and I say that as somebody who like thrives in working remotely and thrives in being distanced and I actually like it, I actually felt, felt better in, in the beginning of the pandemic because in a way, I was like, people are going to understand how I work. <laughs> it's, it's sort of like, it, it was important. And yet at the same time, it's not, it's not, it's not survivable. So it's, it's not, it's not a practical way to, to live. Um, I was talking with somebody from, from France the other day. And, um, and he said that the, um, that the suicide rate over there you know, because of the quarantine is still really, really high. And that's, that's, you know, I mean, you don't realize, um, you know, I, I mean, I, me and my wife have both, both been lucky. Um, you know, we're, we have jobs where we're out. I, I, you, you can say that 
you know, it's a certain amount of risk involved, but we, neither one of us have been quarantined for a single minute. We, we never stopped working, neither one of us. Um, and neither one of us came down with it, uh, which is lucky in a lot of ways, I suppose. So I, you know, we have never realized how, you know, how, you know, being isolated, being quarantined has really, it, it really has had a negative impact on a lot of people. And it's, sometimes it's hard for me to realize that because I, you know, I never, I, my, my, I'm one of the few people, me and my wife both, um, we're two of the few people that it really didn't affect us at all. Not the slightest. And, and we're very, very lucky in that regard because a lot of people and, you know, just like we were just talking about a lot of kids not going to school. Um, it's, it's been a challenge for a lot of people and a lot of people do, you know, long for the normalcy of you know 2019. And I can certainly understand that. You know, I mean, I, I talk about something, you know, as, as minor as, and, you know, unimportant in the grand scheme of things, but getting back to races, well, you know, there are a lot of people that, you know, want to get back to their life, you know, forget something as, you know, trivial as, as running a, running a race. You know, a lot of people haven't had a life in what, you know, a year now almost. So I haven't seen my parents since 2019. I mean, it's insane to think about, <laughs> you know, they're in Florida, I'm in New York. It's crazy. And yes, yeah, suicide is real. I was going to say that, you know, I'm re like, it's not even about the, you know, people in France and elsewhere. I mean, it's happening. It's it's happening on our on our turf too. Um, I think that you know, there's a. I think in all types of environments, there are some people who culturally understand the importance. I don't want to say understand the importance, but um, kind of acknowledge the magnitude of really having to maintain social distance. And then there's other people in the same communities who are sort of in denial that the problem exists and. And then they go out and about and on their trips and they post their photos on Facebook and then everyone's like, seriously? And like, and then there's always a judgment call. Like I just saw that this morning, uh, somebody posted about uh, like 30 women who went out to dinner in Florida and someone's like, you guys do not realize there's a pandemic. <laughs> the admin kicked her out of the group and I'm like, really? Like don't post photos like that because it's just begging for this type of like, there's such a, there's such a, you know, a spectrum of how the philosoph the philosophy, the philosophical approach toward the this this pandemic, and and, and unfortunately, I think in in families where the children are like unable to have any of that, that's where we're going. Um, but I think I think the parents are doing the right thing, though. <laughs> so it's very difficult. It's very difficult to reconcile emotionally how you like these kids need to have some of their needs met. How do you do it? It's I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's a very, very divisive topic, just, a, just like a lot of things these days, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, there are people who, uh, I, you know, <laughs> who just, you just won't follow, you know, and, you know, you're, you're only, you're only putting everybody else in danger by doing that. I mean, I'm not a fan of it. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, I'm I'm gonna wear my mask out of the public. But even I mean, I get criticized because I I won't run outside with a mask. I won't do it. You know, I can I can I've never been closer than to a person. I'm yeah. I mean, I I can do that. 
But still, there are some people that won't be drawn out. So, yeah, I mean, different degrees for different people. So, but yeah, you know, if I'm out, if I'm out at the grocery store or whatever, you know, of course you're going to wear a mask. I, you know, I mean, we, we all want this to end. So, so yeah, that, that, that was my point. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I hear you. You can't, it's not easy to run with a mask. And, and the fact that some gyms here in, you know, in New York, they require it. It's just like, I can barely do my workouts today with a mask, without a mask, let alone, you know, going into a gym and wearing a mask. I get it. I remember when I, I got the virus in, in early March of last year and the last mm-hmm. thing I did in person was run in run outside. And, and then the, you know, after this whole thing happened, the Department of Health, which, you know, was just going by whatever was going out in the world, they were, they're basically like, you can't even go for a run. So I would do my 5Ks in my driveway, just running around my driveway, because I still wanted to maintain the momentum that I had. Uh, but like, it, like, I didn't have I didn't have the virus, like, I, I, like, as you can tell, like, I had the virus, but I didn't have the virus, like, I was able to do a 5K, but it was just a very slow 5K, just to know that I can, because I wanted to maintain that. So I didn't have uh, a bad ver- a you know, really bad virus. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I would go outside. I wear, I will wear the mask sometimes. Sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll cover my face when I see somebody running by. Um, yeah. But I, but but you people do judge, and you can see that, and it's crazy. Well, I'm I'm actually sort of lucky because I think I told you I you know I run in just shorts in the 15 degree weather, and when you do that, people think you're insane, and they tend to avoid you. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah it's 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 i don't know i don't know that things will ever completely get back to the way they were um some people say that this is the new normal when i i don't necessarily agree with that but the the reality of the situation is probably somewhere between the two yeah I mean, I, I think I think there are things that we can adopt that will help us in a way. Yeah. Um, but I also believe that I w- I also have the faith that we will eventually see each other again and have parties and you know actually mm-hmm. hug people and not you know I I watch these TV shows these days. Uh, like the one I'm watching right now is The Expanse, and you see like the whole concept is like they're on a planet which is they're on. I don't know, these planet state planetary stations or whatever and it's there's so much so many people congregating and it's like it's almost cringeworthy because of now it's the reality is like we're nowhere near that but um i i have to say that you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm looking forward to when we get back i think we all are <laughs> yeah so all right let's 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 talk about i guess i mean you, you kind of went into this whole running thing um, but we talked self-care a little bit. Tell me a little bit about uh, that beyond what you might have kind of talked about already. Um, if I, you have anything. I, I'll, be a, I'll be a geeky runner for a few minutes. Um, the, the most important thing about running is, and I learned this the hard way, um, is you can't just be a runner. You basically have to have some strength and some core training. So, you know, that's two or three days a week for me. I run four days a week. Typically, if I'm training for like a marathon, I'll, that'll jump up to five days a week, but you still, uh, you still need to do other things. If you, if you don't, tra- if you don't, if you just run and do nothing else, it's not, it's not 
if you're going to get hurt, it's when and and how badly. So, um, you know, when I, I, I winged it for a long time running. I didn't really, you know, didn't really follow any plan, anything like that. And after my first marathon, about two months later, I didn't, didn't recover properly. And I ended up, um, you know, ended up getting hurt. But, um, but that's, I, I mean, I have a routine that I follow every day, six days a week. Um, I, I do believe that one day a week you completely rest you do you know you do nothing um past that like i said i run four days a week i usually strength core training two days a week and i have like a five ten minute routine that i do every single day that is except for the rest day which is basically composed of um planks um things planks um squats because uh, too many runners don't have their glutes developed enough, and that's also a good way to get hurt. So I usually do somewhere between one and two hundred squats a day. Uh, yeah, it's it's important. It really is. Um, and, and and the other thing is, is quite honestly, you have to have you know as as you get older and you're trying to maintain running, um, you do have to you do have to pay attention to things a little bit more and you do have to take care of yourself a little bit more in regards to, you know, other things besides just running. I mean, really that's, um, and of course, of course eating, right. Um, it's, yeah, I, when, when I quit smoking, I was also, um, I was also eating horribly as you can imagine with that type of lifestyle. And it actually took me about two to three years before I really completely stopped you know, eating garbage and, and, you know, in addition to the physical work I was doing, doing, taking care of myself diet wise as well. Um, I am a firm believer in, um, meditation. I try to do, I try to spend half an hour doing that every day. Um, really good mental health wise as well as running. Um, I, I always tell people I've been fortunate to be involved in two communities where I, um, where, you know, people have literally been able to give up depression medication. I, I'm not one of them, but I know people that have given up depression medication through meditation and through running. So I've been involved in both communities and I've seen some really inspiring people, uh, inspiring stories of people that have been able to leave, you know, things like that behind. So I saw, I saw something, I can't remember where I saw it, but um, it was basically uh, let me, uh, this is going to be paraphrased, but it was, it was along the lines of food is the most abused, um, food is the most abused, um, uh, I can't remember, but anyway, which is food was the most, most abused drug and physical exercise was the most neglected, um, antidepressant medication something along those lines and and i've seen you know plenty of people come back from situations like that so it's certainly true Uh, you don't you don't necessarily um you don't necessarily think of food some people just you know eat automatically without thinking and if you can you know avoid that mindset you're you're in a pretty good place so that would be that that would be me and what i do so I'm going to give you a little bit of background about me because I, I, I told you I wanted you to join my podcast, but I didn't really tell you the context of how, why I created that podcast. So my story was I was depressed. I postpartum depression. I also just felt more depressed because I became vulnerable to 
uh, exploitation in a short version of the story. And um, I was on antidepressants and ADHD medication and anti-anxiety pills up the wazoo. And I was seeing a psychiatrist, not a psychologist, but a psychiatrist, an MD, twice a week. And I mean, I was being robbed, basically. Uh, but um, one day, I, even though I had hit like what I would consider my rock bottom, I discovered a vial of perfume in a corner. And I think when you're really in this, such a depressed mode in your life and you're actually uh, you know, like, like I, I, I usually liken it to like when you're depressed, you don't care what you look like. You definitely don't care what you smell like. So you're not putting it on like the most of the world does to smell good for other people. You don't care about that external uh, influence. You don't care about any any type of appreciation or acknowledgement. You don't need any 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 of that. Um, it, it's just about it's just about the um, the inward approval versus the external and um, for me, I, I didn't know really, really know why I put it on, but it changed my life. All of a sudden, I, like, I woke up, and I think it's like, you know, I think part of depression for me was the fact that maybe all five of my senses were dead. Uh, like, not, like, not all of them were working together. And I found that uh, fragrance itself, like, is sort of my meditation in a way. Uh, it brought me out of a depression. I ended up, like, you know, literally moving. I started feeling motivated to do things better in, in a different, in that different context. I started taking up nutrition and taking up, um, you know, uh, reading daily, which is, you know, 75 hard doing that entrepreneur book thing. I'm already doing it, but like, you know, the fitness thing, thing also, like, I mean, I lost about, you know, 70 to 90 pounds, depending on where I am. Thanks to COVID <laughs> things are a little varied, but you know, it, it changed me. And, um, and that, like, you know, I would love to learn a little bit more about those communities, <clears throat> excuse me, because I, I think that um, in this, 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 I, I think, I think in a way, fragrance is, is sort of like a meditation. It's like your, your mindfulness. It's like it grounds you to the presence, but it like, it, it, it grounds you to the present, but it's, it's a very, very one second, take a whiff and then just remember who you are and where you are. Um, so I'd really, really be curious about that. Um, and it's interesting because Sometimes I love, I hate exercise. I think a lot of us hate the process of exercising. But if you've ever done, and I think the, the barometer that you need to potentially look at is that uh, if you've ever kind of done like a mood evaluation, like what your mood is right before you exercise, and then you exercise and you're like, oh, this sucks, and you hate it, and then you feel what your mood is after the fact, you will find that it's substantially elevated. And I only realized that it's crazy. I mean, they say that all the time, and I've been talking about it in this podcast for over a year because podcasts launched in 20, uh, 20, 2019, late of twenty late twenty nineteen. Um, I I only really realized that for me personally, like probably in the last like three months. I in the month of December last last year, this twenty twenty, um, I like I stopped working out for a little bit because I I don't know something pushed me off the off the deep end or whatever. But now I started doing it and I started realizing that like, I feel better before I go to bed. I almost can't sleep because I'm so excited because of like the way I, I, the fact that I just worked out right before and I'm like feeling good about it. So I think you need to like do this like assessment. It's really interesting. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of my, my little story about like where, where this came from and like where I've come from since. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and that's, that's going to be, I, and, and I'll, you know, I mean, me, I'll talk about, you know, um, you said you, everybody hates, hates exercise and, and that's very true for, for everybody to, to a certain extent. I mean, even me, I, and I love to run, 
but there are days where it's like miserable and nasty out and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like running. I don't feel like running. I don't feel like running. But I know once I get out there, you know, within 10 minutes, I'll be like, ah, oh, this is fantastic. And the other side of, you know, really, um, you know, really disliking exercise, they'll put me anywhere near weight. And I'm like, do I have to, <laughs> I, I am not, I don't enjoy lifting at all. I, I mean, I have to, but I, I don't enjoy it. I'll be the first person to admit that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's actually having the willpower to overcome the, I don't feel like doing this. And sometimes it's like, well, you got to do what you got to do. So yeah, I, I certainly understand exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I think people need to realize that, and, and it's funny because sometimes I will put my workout clothes, like I, I usually just change out of my pajamas to my workout clothes. But sometimes I'll sit on my couch with my workout clothes, and I'll sit there for like 20 minutes. Then I'll maybe get my leggings on, and then I'll sit there for another 20 minutes, and then maybe I'll get my sports bra on, and like <laughs> then I'll sit there for another 20 minutes, and then maybe I'll get my sneakers on. And then I'll sit there for another 20 minutes because I'm like, I don't want to go down. Like right now, it's my home gyms in my basement. <laughs> like, you know, two hours have passed. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll finally work out. And then then you get there. And, and you know, for you, like you're like, oh, it feels great. Ten minutes later, it's, I don't always feel that way. <laughs> I don't even know if I always do. I'm starting to, to, to kind of embrace it. But like last night, for example, I just I was halfway through this workout. It was a great workout. But mentally, I was just like, I don't want to go through this. And I'm like, I started it. I have to freaking finish it. And it sucks. Sometimes just the whole process sucks. But when you're done, it's obviously there's a worth it to it, you know? Yep. Yep. And and another thing is, is, um, is you know, if you ask any runner, um, you know, we will all tell you, you know, the first mile just sucks. It just does. Uh, you know, it's it's like you're 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 getting moving. You know, uh, even if you stretched out, it's kind of like your legs feel, and you're. It's like oh yeah yeah it, you know. And when I'm getting, and the and the horrible part about that is 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 the older you get, the longer that that terrible. You know, now for me, it's like the two mile, the first two miles are just ugh, this is no fun. And I really don't hit much stride until like mile five, honestly. How much do you run? You say you run four times a day, a week. So how many hours, uh, how many miles do you run per day? Uh, right now I'm at about 25. Um, 25 miles a day? Oh, no. Oh. A week, a week, a week. Okay. okay. 25 miles a week simply because um, you know, I'm coming off the winter. I'm, I'm more or less in, in maintenance mode right now. I'm not really training for a race per se. Um, there's a, there's, um, it, I don't think there's really going to be all that much in spring races. So I might just stay in maintenance mode until, you know, mid summer. There are, there's, there's a couple of half marathons. I'll probably run one in the fall, at least one, probably just one. So, eh, you know, about three, four months out, I'll start, I'll start going into training mode for half marathon. I, I might run a full this fall. I'm starting to doubt it though. I, I think I think probably next year is a more likely scenario. And if it's next year, it's not gonna be till next fall because I I'd like the fall marathon the best. I I run them in all seasons except summer. I won't run twenty six miles in the heat. I just won't do it. Um yeah, it's 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 you know, I I have this I have this cold thing going. I, I told you that. 
I, and nobody's really ever been able to explain why to me. The only thing I do know for sure is, is my, my core body temperature is about a degree and a half lower than most people. I typically run in the low 97s instead of 98.6 like everybody else. That's the explanation I have. But anyway, that's technical whatever. Interesting. So. It's really interesting. It's like, it's like sleeping. You know, there's the, I read the book, Matthew Walker, um, Why We Sleep. And he talks about how a very, very rare group of people, so don't think it's you, they, like people can survive off of six hours of sleep. But it's usually not, even though you might be sleeping six hours a night, that doesn't mean it's you. So you're in like this rare breed here. So similar. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the um, cornerstones of, of really of your health. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to me, it's, it's, um, it's diet, it's diet, it's sleep and it's exercise. Yep. That's and, what everybody says. Yep. It's, it's amazing to know and see how far you've come. And I, you know, just thinking about your, when you, we were talking about in the beginning, that it's so hard to start. I think also, and, and I've noticed this in, in some of the uh, Facebook groups where people are like, I want to run, but I can't run. It's also, that I think a lot of people are running and that's sort of like, I kind of did the opposite. They're running at speeds that are too fast for them. So for me, um, you know, I started at a little too slow, like three miles an hour is literally walking pace for some people. <laughs> uh, it's even less than walking pace for some other normal people. I don't know why I did it. I just was like, oh, I could run on the track. Like I could force myself to make a walk into a run. I don't know why I did. But like I had no idea where I was coming from because I like I like I never thought about miles. I always thought about mo- like minutes per mile, but I never thought about the, how that how that translates to like miles per hour. Um, but anyway, going to your, um, you know, to your point, and if anyone wants to start and they feel like, you know, the first two months are hard, maybe you start a little slower and then you slowly, slowly, incrementally improve your, increase your pace. But it's a lot for a lot of people and they, they talk about this. It's, it's about endurance more than that. And it's, that's something just to be forgot. The move nowadays is, um, is, uh, you know, almost all coaches. and, And if you, you know, subscribe to any sort of training plan or whatever or training for a race i mean they will the move has been more towards 80 percent of your runs should be slow easy runs so yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean i read so, i read 80 20 running it's a it's a it's definitely a great book yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah most, most people don't know that new runners i mean like i come from like I, i've been tackling a lot of things lately with like no preconceived notions about anything. So running was like that. So three miles an hour, oh, might be a running thing. That was like how I uh, tried things that I shouldn't even talk about. Um, like, you know, um, and that's it, almost, it's almost a good thing. It's, it's usually a bad thing because I have no idea where I'm, like there's no benchmark. I, it's no, no, no element of comparison, which is a good thing for my mental health, but it's also like all of a sudden I realize that everything's out of whack as a result. Yeah. And, um, that I mean, and and I, this is one of these things that I, I pound this drum constantly because you know, like I said, I've been there. I mean, the the main thing I would tell anybody who's new to running is is again, you can't be just a runner. Even if you're not 57, you know, 58 like me, you can't be just a runner because you will get hurt. But yeah, you know, other than that, I, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. It's 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 pretty it's a pretty easy subject to become pretty pretty educated on pretty quickly so it's all it almost helps to just do it because you want to do it it's like the same like i i always knew i wanted to run but i didn't know why and it's like you know you're you're talking about maintenance mode and you're you know 
I feel like I'm a maintenance mode, but I don't have any specific goal. Like I'm not doing it because I want to ever run a marathon. I've been thinking about training to a marathon and then I go into that, those training things where you have to like run you know, those interval training, like the Galloway kind of method uh, where you like run for 33 minutes and then you take a break and then you do that like 15 times and that helps. But then when I have to start increasing that to like four, five, six, seven minutes with the two, with the one minute inter- walk interval in between, I'm like, crap, I can't do that to that point. And then I, and then I, and I end up going to basically to the beginning. And so for me, like, it's just about knowing that I can maintain some sort of semblance of running and like to three to five miles, to the two to three to five miles, which I haven't really been doing because I'm on my treadmill and I'm walking these days, but I'm walking at a lot faster pace than I used to. So I feel like I've still got something going on. And I think once I get back in and go outside, I'll be able to, to maintain that. Cause, so there is an important element of maintenance, but like you have some goal I don't have. It's like I, I had the first person I ever interviewed for this podcast. Her name is Rachel, and she ran a marathon. And she was like, you know, she, she doesn't do anything if she doesn't have anything to train, like, to train for. So she starts completely anew to start running for her marathons. And that's it's like right now I have more momentum than she does, but I don't have any specific end goal. And maybe that's better for me. It's just to run for the sake of running. But everybody has to have some sort of goal. You talked about that in the beginning. It's like, and people talk about smart goals. Those, you know, uh, time-sensitive goals are very important and realistic. Time, like all those things. Um, and yet, my goal is just to keep it up. <laughs> so I don't know where that fits in the smart goal sentiment and mentality, but it, it works for me. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that at all as far as running. I, um, you know, you're you're doing it just because you don't have a specific goal in mind, or you know, you're you're just doing it. I guess your goal would be to continue it for the for the sake of your continuing health. So, yeah, I, I don't really know. <laughs> like, I don't love it, but then sometimes I do. It's just you know, just to say that I can. I don't know, and that that's like, and then going back to December when I wasn't running at all. I don't know, but I felt like there was a, something absent. And coming back to that, I don't know. It was really. It's. it's I don't like. Everybody I talk to has some sort of goal in mind, and I'm totally the opposite. And yet, I feel I think I've maintained it better than a lot of those other people. So it's really, really interesting. I I, I feel like I need to put myself up for science to kind of figure out where it's coming from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to ask you a question. Um, if you can give an earlier version of Carl some piece of advice, my it's my common sense question. What would you tell him? Most people, if you ask them, you know. I, you know, what they do different. Oh, I wouldn't do anything different in my life. I would go back to when I was 12 years old or however old I was and just smack that first cigarette right out of my hands. I, I mean, <laughs> I became healthy late. And it's, it's, um, I am very much an advocate. Oh boy. We could spend another podcast talking about this. Um, I am under the firm belief that tobacco should be made illegal. Oh, um, yeah. I agree. It's so. It's. I. I. I I'm, I'm one of those people who gets addicted to things very quickly. So I won't even go. To, I won't even go near it. Yeah. It's. It's. And there have been people who have. And I'm certainly not one. But there have been people who have given up both and have said giving up heroin was easier than giving up smoking. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's that bad. I. Um. You know that. That's the advice that I would give to my younger self. And. And I. I could talk a long time. <laughs> I, I mean, if you smoke for as long as I did, um, you you try not to because it's something you don't want to think about. But over over thirty years, in some states, you've bought a small house. You know, if, if you're smoking for that, that long of a period of time. So, you know, all you've done is made some 
uh, um, I, I mean, I, I, this is just personal opinion. You can take, take, take from it what you will, but I mean, I believe that the people that are the CEOs and the families that run these companies, they're about the most, the closest thing you get to evil in this world today. So, all right, I'll get down off my soapbox because I could talk a long time. <laughs> I think, I think everybody agrees with this. I think smokers agree with it because yeah. it's so hard to get out. And that's why I couldn't possibly fathom starting. I couldn't possibly do it. There are too many things that I would get too latched onto and I can only imagine what tobacco would do. So I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. So that, that would be, you know, that, that, um, that went into a tangent that, that I could go on and on and on about, but that, as far as, you know, what I would tell my younger self, that, that would be the big one right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I get it. I totally, I totally. And I think it's an important thing. You know, I like, I like these takeaways to be, you know, relevant to, to, to listeners too. And I think a lot of people identify with that. There have been, there's one, once that when some, some, someone had shared this and, I was like, I couldn't relate at all, but like, I can relate to this one. I totally, I think, I think all of us sympathize to, you know, empathize with, with the challenge of, of getting hooked on that, especially when you're young and you're impressionable and it's so much harder. So I will say it's amazing that you're able to cold turkey stop. Um, I can only imagine how hard that. Yeah. I'm an addictive personality. So, you know, uh, um, tapering myself off, that wasn't an option. Um, uh, you know, the things, it, yeah, at the time that I quit, uh, vaping wasn't that big of a deal at the time. Um, but the patch, I, I didn't do any of that. I knew, you know, it's like, it, um, it's all, all, all you do really is, um, besides be miserable for the better part of a month, all you, all you really do is, is you j just drink a lot of water. Um, that's, that's the key to it. And you know, finding an outlet for the nervous energy, which I was lucky to do in running, lucky lucky enough to do in running. So, yeah, I, it's 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 um, it's it's funny because I, every once in a while, I, I I have it's funny because last week I got into a really knockdown, drag out argument with somebody on Facebook, yay Facebook arguments. But anyway, it was about this subject, and I. I contended that, um, you know, well, we're all so health conscious right now. We're all, you know, everybody's concerned about every single life. You know, we should extend that same, you know, same concern because, you know, COVID killed about um, 380,000 people last year in the United States. Well, tobacco, tobacco related deaths, that was more than that, 400,000 people. You opened up Pandora's box. You got me talking about this subject. But if we could extend the same passion towards, you know, ending that, and everybody, you know, jump, a lot of people will jump in and say, "Well, no, it's a choice." Well, whereas COVID is not, and I will contend that, you know, because most smokers are coming into it at a young age, how much of a choice is it really? All right, and I promise, I promise, like I said, unless you want to talk about that for a whole another show, I will, I will put the subject. <laughs> it's a great conversation. It's, it's a valid, valid conversation. I think you're 100% right. I think that, you know, a lot of kids just don't realize what they're getting into when they're doing it. It's just about, you know, it's a cool factor. It's 100%. Um, I'll have to look. I'll see if there's anybody I can recommend you to to discuss that in, in more great depth because I think it's so important. Yeah. yeah. 
So let me ask, the final question is I would ask, and I know that this is different because, you know, I've spoken to people in completely different contexts, but where can people find you if you want to have, you know, to have a conversation about this with other places? And, and you know, you can provide your email address, but you don't have to. I mean, it is a podcast. There could be lots of people listening. So I don't know what you want to, what you're comfortable sharing. Well, my name, I'm on Facebook. My name's Carl Johnson. Um, I'm pretty easy to find there. I don't know. Um, Carl Johnson's a pretty common name. <laughs> it's not going to be so easy. It's it's funny because I've been meaning to, uh, one of the things that I've been meaning to do for, uh, oh, a couple months now, and I haven't gotten around to it, is not necessarily a podcast, but I've been meaning to start a YouTube channel. So I, I, I that's going to be eventually, sometime in the next couple months, I'll probably do that because, um, you know, we all have something to share. Um, but anyway, until that happens, um, I can, the best email to reach me is, um, is your little corner 2020 at gmail.com. That's, that's the easiest way. So. Awesome. Well, I, I really yeah. appreciate this. It's been really a lot of fun. It's been a good conversation. I think, I think you're, you're really spot on it. I mean, it's very inspirational just to see how you're doing it. I like, I, I, I like, it's like almost like, you know, I'm, I'm in my early forties, if you will, these days. And I want to be like you when I grow up and say that I could hopefully in my fifties or if not sooner, uh, run a marathon. Well, let me know how that, when you grow up thing, let me know how that is. Cause I'm still, I've done it yet. Either, yeah, so. I know. Right. Uh, well, I like, I, I just want to say, I want to give myself that buffer room, you know, the 18 years to, to hopefully achieve that. I, I, I keep saying it. I've been saying it for such a long time that I want to run a marathon, but when I did my half, I almost died. <laughs> it was so bad. I could barely move. And I was like, oh, I can do this. It's so much harder than you think. Have you run a half yet? No, I did. So I ran my half. So I, so the, so yeah, yeah. So I was, I, it was, everybody was doing the virtual and I was like, oh, let me do a virtual for the sake of doing virtual. Then maybe retroactively apply for the, you know, the virtual half. And I couldn't, uh, sorry, the virtual whole. And I, I couldn't even do the half. And I, I said, by, by like four hours in, I mean, I was fine by like, you know, mile seven or eight, but then it got really, really hard. And I'm sitting there and I decided to walk it, but walking it is very hard when you've already been walk, running. It's a lot harder to walk than to run. But I said I would want to do it and I did it. So <laughs> it rained on me and it was good. Were you following a training plan or just like, no, it was like, random. It was, it was just all of a sudden one day I woke up in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to run a half marathon. I'm going to, I'm going to run a half marathon or a full marathon. So that was part of my mistake. Um, yeah, I, um, and there's a ton of good plans out there, you know, one line, there are a ton of free plans and there are plans you can pay for. I, there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. I, I, have been familiar with the Galloway, the Higdon methods. I I'm familiar with them. It's just a matter of the length and the, the duration, all those things, just the timing doesn't, pre it, it, you know, like, I, I, I don't know if I'm making excuses or the fact that like this, cause I still train, I just don't train like running six miles a day to get up to that point. And that's obviously you need to kind of run six miles a day in order to run 26.2 miles. So it's sort of my catch 22. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, that would be my only suggestion to you is, is if it's something you're serious and if you don't do it, there's nothing wrong with that at all. You know? Um, but if you do decide to do it, um, find a plan and just make the determination that, you know, that I am going to do it. And not only am I going to do it, I'm going to, stick to the training plan and that that that's really how you're going to be able to yeah you're right you're right yeah i know all about winging it and 
yeah, I mean, but yeah, that 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 would be my my only advice. I mean, I, there's no doubt talking to you. There's no doubt in my mind you could do it. But if it's not a priority, there's nothing wrong with that either. Not not in the slightest. It's true. Awesome. Well, thank you. I really, I again, I really appreciate the time, and I'm I'm really, you know, looking forward to to sharing this with the with the world. I appreciate your time as well. It's good talking. Yeah, with yeah. You. Likewise. Thank you all again for tuning in. This is your host, Tamar Weinberg of the Common Sense Podcast. Until next time, 